the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one on round one let's have at it we have amanda galbraith principal at navigator and host of free for all fridays shelly carroll is the budget officer and a toronto city councillor and robert turner is here news talk 1010 personality and some well no all times manager now um Okay, so actually, let's dispense with the Blue Jays very quickly, because I think all three of you watch baseball. Amanda, perhaps you with more passion than others. I I don't remember. (laughs) You're probably incorrectly remembering that. I'm a bandwagoner. So when they uh, briefly were like close to things, I was like super into it. And I'll be candid. I went to one game with like 150 moms and I straight up burner to me and like drank cider while he drank out of it and it was great. Um, but I haven't really watched since, but my thoughts and feelings go out to all the Blue Jays fans who had to watch that game yesterday. Yeah. Shelly Carroll, I'm such a bandwagoner. I was barely on and now I'm off. Well, you know, we, we, we came into it a little earlier. We're, we're baseball fans in this house. It's uh, it helps you when there's no basketball on to have, have a blue Jays passion. But uh, I, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of unpacking uh, uh, the last two games, but uh, runs is runs. You know, we can argue about what pusher gets, uh, what uh, pitcher gets pulled off the mound when, and, and maybe Jose left a little early yesterday, but maybe got to score those runs. <laughs> Got to score those runs. It was 47 pitches in. He was fine. There was no reason to do that. That was the dumbest move in the history of dumb moves. Is this something people are going to talk about, like too many men on the ice forever? Unless you think you're headed for the playoffs and you're load managing and saving that arm. But clearly they were not headed to the playoffs because they got no runs. All right. We're probably literally getting to inside baseball. We can can leave all of that stuff for TSN. All I know (laughs) is I watched pretty much every game this year. A whole family gathered around the TV. And the 10-year-old who was watching it with me yesterday got to learn a whole bunch of new swear words when they made that pitching change. So I think we can call it a teachable moment. Let's take advantage of Shelley's presence on the panel to talk about alarm bells apparently going off about the TTC's Bloor Danforth subway trains. They're nearing the end of their lifespan, and we're sort of at the choke point where we'd have to order now in order to get the new trains in service. Uh, Shelley, what's the holdup? Is it all about money? It is all about money, of course. And, and you know, it's about a fundamental understanding that, that really has been missing for a long time. And it, it even predates this government. We have said all along in the city that you have to go all the way back to the last time we did a big transit expansion in, in Toronto uh, under Premier Bill Davis. You have to have a deal that fundamentally understands you've got to keep the base system in good state of repair while you're building your expansion line. And that's been missing now for you know over a decade. We've been saying we've got to keep ordering the vehicles in our regular capital program. We've got to keep working on the signaling systems or there will be no riders by the time you finish your shiny new lines. Although, Robert Turner, it's starting to feel like we have all these different projects. There's housing and transit and various other improvements. And we keep turning to the provinces saying, just need a little more. Well, yeah, because the province has dumped a bunch of stuff on the city. Um, The funding formula is broken. Uh, And there seems to be some 
um, admission of that from the provincial government now because there's a working group. Yep. So that'll solve everything. Uh, they'll have a meeting. Um, but there's no funding attached to that. I mean, the province and the feds need to step up and help fund the transit system. Uh, I'm tired of hearing all of the announcements about how, everyone, how much everyone cares about the environment and all the stuff we're going to do when you have something you could do right now that would help the environment a lot, which is making transit as good as you possibly can so people will take it and leave their car at home. Amanda Galbraith, the feds have been very slow to pony up any cash, and all of a sudden it seems they've discovered fiscal probity. <laughs> if they have, it's uh, watching that conversion occur has been remarkable. They're going to save, you know, a couple million here and there at the expense of I don't know what. So, um, yeah, I think they candidly, I feel like the feds take Toronto for granted. They have like I think every riding uh, or almost every riding in the city, and. Um, they historically have not come to play ball with the city in a way that I feel like they should. Um, I think this is um, probably smart politics. I mean, it's a reality, but it's also I think smart politics on the mayor's behalf to be like, yo, like we put up our side. Where are you guys? Because at the end of the day, you know, I used to ride line two all the time. I mean, you, you get on line one and you feel like you've you've gone to like a new century that, you know, there's AC doesn't work on half of them. They're rickety. You can't go between the cars like it's uh, it's not a good thing. And I, I don't think any of us want to see this expand past their their lifespan, which is like 30 year old subway trains are. That's a lot. That's old. Toronto <laughs> paramedics say we hit a code red. It's a term Mark Tui was saying that only the paramedics themselves use in the system. It doesn't actually exist. Well, the union uses. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly. And so, yeah, let's take it with a grain of salt because this comes from the union, which is always going to say they don't have what they need. However, Robert Turner, it's concerning, if true, that we reach points where we don't have any ambulances because they're all hanging out in the emergency room waiting for the paperwork. Well, that's the problem, right? It has nothing to do with we don't have enough staff or enough ambulances. Is that they're busy tied up doing something they probably don't need to be doing because the healthcare system is failing because we don't have enough capacity in the emergency rooms. You know, if you've sat there in the emergency room and watched it, you're watching, you know, people on stretchers and paramedics medics wandering around. Nobody's, they're not doing anything. They're just there for some weird technical reason. So we need to figure out how to sign the patients over to the hospital and get the ambulances back out doing ambulance things. Okay. So Shelly Carroll, do we need some creativity here? I mean, is it absolutely necessary for the paramedic who brought somebody in to wait around, wait around, wait around? Yeah, yeah. And this is something we've been asking for for a long time. And we've, we've worked on it on our end. We've, we've freed up every sort of technicality that keeps the paramedic in the hospital at our end as much as possible. But it, across the city, and it's kind of uneven, some hospitals are better than others at getting the paramedics out the door, there needs to be a major systemic overhaul to get uh, those paramedics able to hand off that patient so that they're in care and now I can leave. But increasingly, we're seeing them go in with patients who are, you know, well, maybe they can wait. They're coming in with people who have you know, had their naloxone and now they're 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 recovering from an overdose, but we've got a whole bunch of other things going on here. Could you just stand there and watch them and we'll be ready to intake them soon? We can't we can't have that keep happening. But I will say this, uh, you know, the, this code red uh, standard it is a it is a union term. It's something that they use to to uh, uh, communicate the conditions they're seeing. That happens between small towns across Ontario all the time. 
it's very troubling when it starts to happen in the larger cities because that means the backup is just everywhere, not just in small one hospital towns. And that's when it's time for the the uh, Minister of Health to stand up and take notice. Okay, I want to stick with hospitals, but Amanda, we'll move to the other medical story. Avis Favreau reporting on CTV about how there's been a spike in the number of Canadians who go to the ER and then give up and go home. And she opens with this incredible story of a woman who sat for hours in the ER, went home and was dead within an hour. Yeah, I, I mean, I fully believe this. Like, I've definitely had situations, particularly when my son was young, where, like, I, by all the rules, I should have taken him to the hospital. But I was like, I'm going to sit there for 36 hours, 12, 12 hours, whatever. He may get sicker because I don't know what's going on. And I just don't feel like it's safe or worth it. I'd rather wait for my actual doctor. So I think the fact that I have to make that choice is crappy. Um, the idea that this woman, that happened is wild, right? Could you imagine she sat there and sat there and sat there and went home and, and, and died is tragic. So I think, you know, between the, the paramedic story this morning, the system itself is not functioning as it should. And, you know, given the money that we throw at it, I feel like there's got to be a better, more efficient way to look at this. Like even just having paramedics sit around and wait those ambulances like there's a story about that like a like an older woman laid on the ground for hours with a fractured arm like this is not okay robert one of the aspects of avis's reporting is that at least one doctor says it's a myth that uh, all the people in the emergency room aren't actually sick and so when they go home it's no big deal no, but there's people in the emergency room who we could probably serve in cheaper other ways, but yep. we're just, we just don't. Uh, you know, and, and it, again, your mileage is going to vary depending on which hospital you're at, but we know the downtown hospitals, it, a lot of the visits are from a handful of people that are frequent flyers and keep going back, that you could solve those problems with shelter beds, respite care, other services, and the ER is what's open, so that's who gets slammed with it, and they have to deal with these people. Um, and and we, you know, we're not increasing capacity in the system at all. We're not maintaining it. And we're adding more people to the country all the time, um, which I'm not against. But at some point, there is a relationship there where you're increasing demand and you're, and the supply is constantly decreasing for healthcare. Yeah, Shelley Carroll, I was at uh, Toronto General and I was just astonished. I realized that most emergency rooms are going to be bedlam, but, uh, you know, it kind of merges our two stories. In addition to all of the patients in the actual emergency and then all of the people in the the waiting room, all of the milling about of paramedics, it was, uh, it was somewhat daunting. Yeah, yeah. And that milling about, you see it even more in the downtown core because they're, you know, they're, they're, the city is now just really full of people on the street in crisis and they end up needing to uh, to have service uh, delivered to them and that they really get trapped in the downtown emergency wards. But it's it really is a capacity that goes right upstairs and into the rooms. We have to get to the point where we're just load managing these hospitals much better. I guess one of the many reasons why we need to do everything we can to minimize the return of COVID. Um, Neo-Nazis and white nationalists have been holding little rallies and parties around a monument in Oakville to that very same uh, SS unit that the guy who was given a standing ovation in Parliament was a member of. A lot of people would like that monument taken down. Robert, I'll start with you. You were probably listening to the morning brief this morning. Mark Tuohy, as a former soldier, was saying soldiers are 
soldiers. So, you know, this this is a legit memorial, even if people are the wrong kind of people are gathering around it. Well, I mean, whatever you do with the statue, it's not going to solve the problem of the white supremacists, which is really the issue. Right. Um, so I don't know how you stop that. Uh, I guess it's good. We know this is happening. And hopefully authorities are keeping track of people like this because that's problematic. Yeah. Amanda Galbraith, following the Second World War, a lot was done to prevent they're becoming shrines to Nazism to the point of, you know, the people who were hanged, their bodies were cremated and their ashes scattered in secret locations. So this is a magnet uh, in this cemetery for neo-Nazis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like part of me just like get rid of it so they don't have a place to gather, but I feel like they'll find another place to gather. And I think as a society, we likely need to confront the growing, you know, move around like neo-Nazis and the acceptance of that. And, and why is that happening? We see like we see it growing, I think, a bit more in the States than here. But um, I think a big part of that and like it was very present has like the lack of education around our history, around um, Nazi around anti-Semitism. I, I just think perhaps the solution is me to get rid of it. But I think in the long run, we just need to educate people about what the meaning of these things are and why it's so important for us to be vigilant uh, and oppose it. Shelly Carroll, last I word. I don't care if we uh, offend anybody. Let's get rid of this monument. If this if this monument was in Germany, I'm pretty sure somebody would have said we got to take down this monument. The way the way Canadians talk about taking down Sir John A. Macdonald statues, take this thing down. Well, and in Germany, it's actually illegal. Anything that references yeah. the Nazis is completely prohibited. Uh, thank you all. Great talk, Amanda Galbraith, Robert Turner, and Shelley Carroll. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.